Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Joe Cook, joined as always by Justin Wells for another great edition of Questions Answered. Before we get into the video, make sure you like it, subscribe to the channel. If you haven't joined Inside Texas, head to InsideTexas.com. Use the promo code OTFIT23. 23. There it is right on the screen. OTFIT23. Get $1 and that'll get you two months of access. You must select that monthly offer. And hey, no better time than throughout the course of conference play, which continues this Saturday with the Kansas Jayhawks to get the best Texas Longhorns information. Justin, you ready to talk about what's probably a uh, matchup between two of the top five teams in the Big 12, two ranked teams and two teams who have uh, never faced each other while ranked and both enter undefeated? I'm definitely ready. I, I did a podcast last night for the KC Sports Network. It was an hour and I mean, we had an hour to talk football, Kansas and Texas. There's a lot of stuff to, to cover, and that's why I'm excited about this. But I just wanted to add on that promo code for the Inside Texas. Last night on the live stream, people were putting in Justin Rocks to get a promo code. And I told him, I said, look, that's perfect. You're not going to get a discount. But it's just nice to say. It's just nice to see it. And so there, there's so many things going. But, man, Kansas and Texas, we got two ranked teams coming to DKR. Joe. Let's get it going. Exactly. So a lot of focus this weekend is going to be on the Kansas offense, going to be on Jalen Daniels, who uh, had a big game against Texas in 2021 and was a little dinged up last year, couldn't be at his best, and the Longhorn just kind of ran over the Jayhawks. Before we get to Daniels, I do want to figure out what your thoughts on this are. What other Jayhawk are you most concerned about on that offense uh, on the Jayhawk offense this Saturday. You can't pick Daniels for this one. We'll get into him in a minute. No, but no, what no. other Jayhawk concerns you the most? There's some guys on that side of the ball, Joe, as you and I have talked about. I don't think they have a number one receiver, but I think they have three guys that can get open, can catch the ball, and can make plays. But to me, it's Devin Neal. He had a breakout game in 2021, really burst on the scene, really helped this team out. I think he's a great running back, Joe. He's at 215 pounds. This guy will wear on you. And they've got another guy back there in Highshaw who's at about 210, 215 as well. They've got some big body guys back there. And, and, and I think that bodes well for Daniels because, one, they're always good about picking up the blitz and, and, and allowing him to kind of do stuff. But, two, they're good running backs. And nothing helps a quarterback better than a tailback behind him that can get chunk yardage. And so for me, Devin Neal is a guy that I think Texas, I believe, in the first four games, they're giving up, up what, about 2.5 yards per carry, per rush, somewhere in that range. They've been pretty impressive with it. That's going to be the key there, that D-line play, because Devin Neal is a guy that I think can wear on you. And, again, Jalen Daniels, you're going to see him at his best is when they're if they're running the football and they're moving the chains. If they're doing that, that's – that that's a – that's <laughs> – this game could get real hairy real quick uh, at midday. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on the uh, on Devin Neal. Uh, I think that not only is he talented in his own right, uh, he just is able to work really well within the the form of that offense. You know, they they have uh, some option principles, obviously, with Daniels and, and Neal, and they they're able to reap the benefits of it. Uh, and but but at the same time, Neal can get some yards on his own. He doesn't need to have the option to make it happen for him. Um, yeah. I guess if there's other one other, uh, I guess not even one guy, but a position group that could really benefit 
uh, for the Jayhawks. I think it's the tight ends. You, know, uh, you, throw, you throw together um, Jared Casey, who I don't think Texas fans really want to uh, remember that much about. You throw in Mason Fairchild. Uh, that's a pretty good tight end duo that's going to help that run game. There'll be some guys who are able to uh, reap the benefits of maybe some linebackers and even some safeties being drawn in by that option game. May not yeah. have some big explosive plays, but they'll have some chunk yardages. So yeah. aside from Devin Neal, I would watch for both those guys. But now let's get to Daniels. He's the guy that whenever you tune in to watch Jayhawk football, you're looking for him. So what's the key to defending Jalen Daniels on Saturday and trying to make sure that probably the best player on that roster doesn't have a, a great game? To me, the key is going to be spying Daniels, and, and not in the sense that you're always watching, but also he he's the definition of a dual threat, I feel like. I feel like he can really threaten the field vertically and, and with his feet. And the key with him when he scrambles, it's not just a tuck and run. It's he keeps his he keeps his eyes down the field really well. He goes down that line of scrimmage before he you know he makes sure he's he gives his guys as much possible time to get open as they can. It's almost like a scramble drill, and I think that's what those receivers are savvy. They they understand kind of their role in this offense. Daniel knows that this team doesn't make mistakes, Joe. They don't beat themselves. They are solid. They they are very well coached, and I think Jalen Daniels is the is the head of that snake. He makes plays, but more importantly, he keeps his eyes down the field. And, and that's why I think the DBs are going to have to hang on a little bit longer in coverage, at least until they get to figure out kind of what works best. And if the D-line is being disruptive, I think that'll be the first key to kind of to, to chip away at that. But the DBs are going to have to be on their toes because Daniels, when you see him scoot, he's still looking down the field. And that's when you get busted coverages, and that's when big plays happen, and that's when upsets happen on Saturdays. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there. Uh, this is going to be a big zone coverage game because I think if you see – if you're Jalen Daniels back there and you see the back of number six and you see that Watts turning and running or you see T. Brooks turning and running, that's going to tell you, oh, they're playing man coverage and I yeah. can go. Um, sure, there could be a blitz, and that's going to put some emphasis on the, the linebackers. Uh, but I think it's going to – a big key for Texas in this game is going to be playing zone coverage, making sure that the front four is able to handle a lot of responsibilities on their own without, without extra help, and then just figuring out how to slide that zone uh, if they ever uh, see Daniels leaving them and breaking the pocket. Because I think you, you were – Spot on. He he doesn't always just scramble to run. He he scrambles to create time to move outside the pocket and to try to open up some some lanes downfield. Uh, he's very talented at that. Uh, he's probably a lot different. I think maybe Texas fans want to just throw that Jalen Milrow comparison out there, but I think he's a lot different just because he has a far better passing acumen than Milrow. I don't I don't know if he's the same athlete. Definitely no. not the same athlete. He's a better quarterback. Different quarterback, different size, maybe Experience. similar speed, but like, you know, Milrow being 6'2, 220 and doing that, and Jalen Daniels yeah. being closer to six feet and closer to 200, it's a different thing, but still great athletes all around. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be making sure that zone coverage is, is sound and making sure the front four can do a lot of the legwork without having to add a fifth or sometimes even a sixth guy on a consistent basis. And, you know, Saban talked about that after the Alabama game. He said, listen, guys, I think it was with his interview with Pee Wee. He's like, 
guys, they were getting a, a pass rush with a three-man and four-man rush. Mm-hmm. If you're doing that on Alabama's front, Kansas, that could be a long day. Yeah, yeah. Who knew that Pee Wee was the football expert we all needed to hear from? But uh, we'll move to the uh, we'll move to the offensive side of the ball at least for the Longhorns. Going to keep it pretty simple to start out here. Who needs to have a great game for the Longhorn offense this Saturday to rest your mind or put you at ease that Texas is going to be able to walk away with a victory on this one? I think the de facto answer is Quinn Ewers. I, I, I think he's been the quintessential quintessential hey, some wordplay um game manager this year yeah he's had some 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 nice you know flash throws and flash plays and like okay there there's that five star everybody was looking at but he's been smart with the football and so to me if you just carry that over week to week you give your team such better odds of winning a game and Quinn understands that fully I think the whole team does especially the offense but it's too easy to say Quinn yours I think you could say the quarterback in a lot of instances. So let's 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 identify one guy. The easy, I think the 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 the, the cheap answer is Jatavian Sanders, just because what we've seen from him in two, in two of the three game four games this season. I think it's Xavier Worthy. I really do because I feel like Kobe Bryant's going to be the guy that's that that's on him. They've got some talented young DBs back there in Kansas, and now they're a little inexperienced, but they've got some they've got some athleticism, and and Bryant is one of them. So I'm curious to see where that matchup goes. Because talking to the KU guys last night, they felt like Bryant would be unworthy. Well, then that leaves Adnan Mitchell, you know, a a little loose. That leaves Jordan Winnington against your third best corner, you know. And so, you know, it's a loaded answer. I get it. I think Quinn Ewers, you'd probably agree with that. But not to go quarterback, I'm going to say Xavier Worthy. Because if they can make – if they can take care of that matchup there – because now what we've seen with Worthy, he's not getting in bracket coverage anymore. There's not two guys, you know, shading over on his side anymore, which is opening up every single thing. Just Worthy's appearance on that field will open up things just like it has been so far. Yeah, I'm with you on Quinn. I do have one thing. There were some iffy throws against Baylor. Uh, he made them. Uh, early. Week, I think he was early. There's three, Yeah. So there were some iffy throws that he he got lucky with to to continue to have his uh, streak without an interception. Uh, but for the most part, yeah, I'm with you. He, he's managed the game well. He's done everything right within the structure of the offense. There's been a lot of shifts, motions, a lot of different reads he's had to make that yeah. I think he's done successfully. And he made really good throws against the Bears. Um, you know, I'm trying to think of who my option, if it's not Quinn, would be. I think it'll be Jonathan Brooks. Last year, remember, uh, I think was Jonathan Brooks' first ever 100-yard game uh, in Lawrence, and it came with that 70-yard touchdown run late, uh, kind of you know a similar look to when Bijan had his 70-something yard run against Kansas State in 2020, just kind of hinting a little bit at the future. And I think Texas is really going to try to emphasize the run game with this uh, matchup. Kansas is going to try to dedicate numbers. I wonder how early they dedicate those numbers. But until yeah. then, Jonathan Brooks is going to be uh, tasked with having to make some plays, elude guys on his own, and, and get some hard yardage. Um, and I think if Texas is able to do that over a consistent basis, he'll be able to rack up some stats. And then that'll help the receivers. It'll help Worthy, Mitchell, Sanders out. So my non-Quinn answer, um, it seems like a problem we run into 
uh, pretty often and, and having a non-Quinn answer for all these different things. It's going to be Jonathan Brooks. But I am looking forward to seeing a, a larger role for, for C.J. Baxter and what he's able to do, especially heading into uh, the contest versus I'd like Oklahoma. to see him get a little healthy, to be honest. I'd like to see him a little sharp next Saturday. When they when they head to the to, to, to the state fair, but they got to take care of business today th- this Saturday. And hey, if you notice Brooks' stats, we're looking at a potential thousand yard rusher out of the Texas backfield. I think that's impressive considering who left and what and the changes that they've gone under in there in that room. With you all the way. Uh, same question. Looking at the defense though, who needs to have a big game in burnt orange on Saturday to make you feel? Pretty comfortable with the idea that Texas is going to walk away uh, with a 5-0 and record. Well, you know, we have the de facto Quinn answer on one side. I, I think you could say the same thing for the combination of Devondre Sweat and Byron Murphy on the other. If those two guys continue to do what they're doing, they're, they're, they're setting the tempo of games, Joe. That D-line, it, they're fresh. They're getting 20, 25 snaps a game. They're playing healthy. They're playing hard. They're playing smart. Those two guys, I think, are your de facto answer. I'm going at linebacker, and I'm going to go with David Benda. And the reason why is somebody's going to be tasked with spying Jalen Daniels. And I have a feeling it's going to be multiple guys. I don't think it's just going to be one. If Mo Blackwell is able to work his way back in, I think that's a guy that – a twitchy, athletic, hybrid guy that could be a good spy. But what we've seen from David Benda – and I want to say you even mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. David Benda is playing – incredible football. Everyone talks about Jalen Ford. His reaction and his speed in that Baylor game really got my attention. I think Ben is kind of a quiet guy back there, but he's so solid. Those linebackers are eating buffet style every week. Jeff Choate deserves a lot of credit. So instead of going T-Sweat and Byron Murphy in the middle, if they're going to split a can of Alpo, I'm going to go with David Benda. My man, he's going to go Fogo to Shao. He knows how to do it big. I think that's the guy you need to watch. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. What about you? You took mine. Uh, I think he's going to be big. I knew I did. I just because, um, you know, he he has that closing speed. And that's yeah. a big aspect of playing the option and, <laughs> and playing versus Daniels. Uh, being able to utilize that speed and, and cut down angles is going to be really important. Um, so if, if you're going to take mine, I'll go with, with Baron Sorrell. Okay. Uh, he's definitely going to be someone who's going to be on the field a lot. Uh, even if Kansas decides to go a little bit heavy with their personnel, he's been on the field regularly and he's going to have opportunities to not only try to create and, and maintain the outer bounds of the pocket and force Daniels to maybe get back, 
reverse field or something like that. I can't go the opposite of upfield, man. Right. What a good term that is. Uh, but you know, if he has to force Daniels to lengthen his route, maybe to the sideline or on his scramble, that's going to be huge. That's going to be able to give time to, to guys to chase him down. He's going to have opportunities. And I think he's a player who will be on the field for all different personnel packages and not just nickel or, uh, you know, whatever the three, four look is, anything like that. He's going to be out there a lot. He's going to have a lot of responsibilities. He may not show up in the stat sheet very much, but I think he's going to have a, a pretty big impact over the course of the game. Kind of a big picture question. You know, we haven't really touched on the 2021 game, the 57-56 overtime loss to the Jayhawks during the Longhorns' 5-7 and seven season. But let's think about that. That was 57 points to Kansas. That was their only FBS win of the year because I think the other one was against South Dakota. And that was a point in time when pretty much everybody who was interested in Texas football may have lost a lot of faith in Pete Kwiatkowski. And now here we are, a little short of two years later, and people love Pete Kwiatkowski. People love the defense he's put together, the experienced players that he's used, and the product that he's put on the field, limiting Alabama to what he was able to limit them to, uh, holding, you know, the, having the, the high marks and statistical categories, and even in some of the advanced ones that not only are compiled by the NCAA, but you look at stuff that our friend Parker Fleming at Stats War puts down, and Texas has some great numbers there. What's the biggest step you've seen Pete Witkowski's defense take since that last Kansas game, if you can put maybe one point down on it? Setting the edge. They have decided to set the you, – you, if you want to stop the run, and in football terms, at any level, if you can't stop the run, you're more than likely going to lose – if you have to stop the run, you have to set the edge, especially with a three-man front. That it, it's imperative to keep guys within those bounds, within those those hashes. I think that's the key that PK has been able to do. It, it's building on that D line, which has been a kind of a strength for Texas. You know, being being in the desert, it feels like for the last decade, the D line has been kind of the one consistent thing year after year with Puna Ford and Malcolm Brown and Charles Amenahu and, and, and all those guys. And so I think that's the biggest factor. They've been able to really set that edge. They've been able to, to really control the run game and force opponents to do things they're not necessarily comfortable with. You know, PK, it's funny. We were asked about it this week. You know, has Sark held some stuff back, you know, you know, before Kansas, before Oklahoma? And that's yes. As a matter of fact, he has. So has PK. Coach PK on that defensive side, that they've held some stuff back. And it's because the D-line has been so dominant, they've been able to kind of hold on to a, to a few things. So I think PK is in his bag right now. I think this guy is having fun with his job. He's got There's a Dan Quinn playing with Micah Parsons sense here, where he's moving guys back and forth. you got Anthony Hill playing multiple spots. You're getting extraordinary play from Benda. The safeties, the DBs are playing great. Uh, and, of course, the D-line is being dominant. So that, to me, is the biggest key. They're setting the edge on stopping the run because they couldn't stop Kansas two years ago. They went up and down the field on Texas, and that will humble you pretty quick. PK's had a nice little turnaround, and we're not hearing those barks anymore. Yeah, I think, like you mentioned, defensive it's defensive line kind of as a whole for me. And, yeah, I think edge is, is a big component there. The improved play of guys like Baron Sorrell and Ethan Burke compared to, man, it was tough sledding at that spot a couple right. of years ago. 
that's been big. Um, but I think also they're, they're able to do some things in coverage that they understand that they weren't able to do against a lot of opponents. You could kind of dink and dunk against Texas, and that's what Wyoming tried to do. They just yeah. couldn't punch it in the end zone. And Pete Kwiatkowski is okay with that. Uh, of course, he'd like to make some stops, but right. I think that there was that cushion that they gave up, not the literal cushion, but kind of the figurative one of the, the okay, dink and dunk. It, they they bent so much that they did break. Over right, the, and it the wasn't complimentary that, football. Right, over the course of that 2021 season. They, they were bending so much it didn't matter because opponents could just go down the field. Now they're they're limiting big plays, uh, The you know a couple different ones against Baylor and Wyoming, uh, and you know even Alabama accepted. Uh, but that, that bend, it's, it's still holding firm. And in the course and in the midst of that bend, there's some plays for loss, whether it be turnovers or sacks or stuff like that, that they're getting at a higher pace thanks to what you talked about. So I think uh, just better play and coverage has helped a lot. Um, they've used that D-line strength. They've continued to, but now it's across the whole D-line instead of only in the middle. Uh, but they've made steps all over the place. And I, I think another one that could be mentioned is just overall acumen. So we'll move to recruiting real quick before we jump into our weekly prediction. Important visitors heading to Austin this week. There are a couple in 24, plenty in 25. Who are the ones you're keeping an eye on heading to Austin this weekend? Yeah, you got to go to Inside Texas. We are updating this thing on the daily. Uh, we, we, we posted a new one yesterday, uh, a new visitor list. We had a new visitor list posted again this morning with some new notes in the humidor. And so, yeah, the guys to know, there's two official visitors. Solomon Williams, Edge, out of Carroll Day down in Tampa. Uh, he, he, had, he had planned to come see Texas a few times and, and it had some, some plans change and, and, and some transportation issues. Now it looks like he's set to go per Jerry Hamilton. It looks like he's going to be on campus. Texas wants one more edge in this cycle. They want one more edge. Uh, Danny Okoye would have been ideal kid out of Tulsa, but he committed to Oklahoma last couple weeks ago. And so Solomon Williams is the one they're going to battle for. Florida's in the mix. Alabama's in the mix. He gives me kind of a Justice uh, Finkley feel. Pretty much the same size, 6'2", about 250. Plays high competition. And then you've got DeAndre Carter. Now, this goes on the line of the modern-day pipeline that we have talked about ad nauseum, and this continues that. I add Brandon Baker, the nation's number one industry-ranking offensive tackle in the country last week. Well, his teammate, right guard, is DeAndre Carter, committed to Auburn. Texas was number two in that race. He's going to be on campus this weekend with his family. That's a pretty big development because I feel like the line wants to add one more guy. Ideally, I think they'd want to tackle but if Carter's that guy, I think they would move on him and, and be completely happy and satisfied. Bringing him on campus is going to be big. I, I think Texas has some real modern-day momentum. They are talking about the horns in Santa Ana, California every day from 2023, 2024, 2025, and even 2026s. And so Carter is kind of getting into that mix. He's kind of picking up that scent. Uh, of going to Austin, that's going to be a big trip. Kobe Black, the if, if Ryan Wingo is the top uncommitted guy on Texas big board, Kobe Black's 1B if, if Wingo's 1A. If there's one guy on either side of the ball that's the most important, Kobe Black is that guy on defense. Texas is still in a tremendous spot. Kobe's getting closer. I don't think this is going to be a December decision. decision. I really don't. 
I think he just wants to make sure he had two older brothers that went through the recruiting process and, and he saw how you're supposed to do it, how you, how you maintain respect for these coaches and, and try to keep balance in that whole process. Um, Kobe's just being judicious. He's just taking his time and, and making sure he'll be back on campus. That's a maybe for his father uh, a couple days ago. He'll be back on campus on Saturday. Those are your main guys. DeCorey and Moore, 2025 wide receiver, LSU soft verbal. Hey, he's coming back for his second game in a row to see the Longhorns. Uh, to me, that's only a matter of time. I, I, I think I think him and Texas make way too much sense. And I think that commitment to LSU the day after Colin Simmons last summer was a little premature. I think everybody kind of saw the writing on the wall. So getting more back on campus is big. And that list is continually growing. So keep checking it inside Texas.com because we may have a few new guys added on Friday today that uh, we couldn't say a couple of days ago. Absolutely. Always a good time to use OTFIT23 as well to get those two months. But, Justin, it is time. I think we're both three and one. I think we both had Texas covering last weekend. Yeah. And it is time to see what the Longhorns will do with the number this weekend. I just checked Bovada. Longhorns are 16-point favorites over the Jayhawks. How do you see that one shaking out? I, I, you know – not to give away – well, the roundtable will already go up. Um, I got Texas winning 38-20, to 20, and so that's an 18-point win. So I think the line is actually – I think Vegas has a real good beat on, on what's going to happen. Now, obviously, the game's still have to play. Crazier things have, have transpired. I, I like Texas covering, but it's going to be barely. I think that line is, like, right there. Kansas is going to get the ball in the end zone. They have too many playmakers. They're going – and they're going to show some things that they that Texas hasn't seen just yet. But I, I too many athletes. The difference in these two teams is the line of scrimmage and the amount of athletes. And so I think that lends Texas to a three-possession win, covering but barely. What about you? I'll go the other way. I think this could be a two-touchdown win for the Longhorns. Um, I could see it at 17 points, kind of around there. That'd be three possessions. But I see this as a two-touchdown win. So I'll say that the, the Horns won't cover. Um, hopefully that's just a way that I can uh, separate from you a little bit, but also just like have, last year. <laughs> uh, still have a little bit of an advantage and, and be able to say, hey, I picked the Longhorns. I think they're going to win. I just don't see them covering. So that's another great edition of Questions Answered with me, Joe Cook, and Justin Wells. Check out InsideTexas.com. Always a great time, especially, hey, in about seven days, eight days, the Red River Shootout shows up, and that's always a fun game to cover all week long. Make sure you like this video, subscribe to our channel, check out all the different things that Inside Texas and On Texas Football has to offer on a daily basis. For Justin Wells, I'm Joe Cook. Thank you to our producer, Matthew Hutchinson, and we will see you next time on On Texas Football.